The following program is a special presentation of the Big Ten Network, produced in association with the University of Iowa. Coming up in this episode, Iowa doctors on the Flying Hospital, studying nature in the outdoor classroom, a digital human with real results, a student group breaks records for the kids, and a fast, fun way to get to the game, next on Iowa Magazine. At the University of Iowa, engagement is meaningful interaction with the world around us. For the UI Department of Ophthalmology, it's taking the educational mission beyond Iowa and across the globe. Since 1985, UI physicians have participated in volunteer missions for Orbis, a nonprofit organization dedicated to eliminating avoidable blindness in developing countries. Orbis operates the world's only flying eye hospital, an aircraft converted into a teaching and surgical facility. By bringing specialized training to doctors in developing countries, Orbis offers a unique solution to the challenges they face. Dr. Keith Carter, head of ophthalmology at Iowa, recently completed his third trip for Orbis. It's a wonderful experience because you get to see a lot of different disease entities that you would not see in the United States. It's a good teaching opportunity for us. We have a lot of respect in the world in the medical field and the host physicians will want to see how you will address the patient and they learn from that. The Orbis Flying Eye Hospital is a state-of-the-art facility housed on a DC-10 aircraft. Features of the plane include a fully functional operating theater as well as an auditorium and media center. Dr. Young Kwan participated on a recent mission and says the Orbis plane is well-equipped. It has all of the diagnostic equipment, it has all of the treatment equipment to provide all surgical subspecialties of ophthalmology. The plane itself houses every, almost everything you have here. Because ophthalmology being a sort of equipment intense specialty, it's so important to have that around so that we can show them what it is that we do. The Orbis missions are an opportunity for Western physicians to see what doctors in developing nations are up against. You know, they face enormous challenges um, coming out of uh, many years, many decades of communism, and they just have not had the access to the resources, the equipment, and the knowledge and the skills that we're all used to take for granted. The medical care generally is so poor that they will show you the very most advanced cases with the most minimal resources. Dr. Jeff Nierad has made numerous trips for Orbis and sees education and empowerment as the primary goal. The first trip that you go on a mission like this, you're just overwhelmed by the number of serious problems. It doesn't take very long before you realize that you could work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you couldn't make a dent. And so you really spend a lot of time just teaching people what to do when you're gone. There's only so much I can do in a period of one week no matter how good I am, how busy I am. So the important thing is that they take away the skills and the knowledge that I try to show them. Beyond the satisfaction of the work they do, UI doctors return with an appreciation for the communities they engage. The people are incredibly optimistic and enthusiastic. You go to all these remote regions of the world, you think that things are gonna be very, very different, but it, people are not that different, I find. 
they have the same aspirations. They want to do better, just like I, I, I do for my patients. So I find that to be universal in wherever I go. And that's really nice. It makes you appreciate what you have, but it also lets you realize that uh, people are very happy with a lot less. My host physicians were wonderful. Uh, they seemed very happy in their practices. Their patients were happy. Uh, but they're practicing with a lot less than what we have. By donating time and expertise to causes like Orbis, UI ophthalmologists extend UI healthcare around the world. Medicine now really is a global community, and um, we're lucky at the University of Iowa because we have um, relationships with people all over the world. It's part of our mission to teach, and so it's, uh, it's incredibly satisfying to do both locally, regionally, and internationally. To learn more, visit orbis.org. Coming up, immersive learning in the outdoor classroom, Lakeside Lab. Students get out of the classroom and study nature in nature. It's, it's just a total learning experience and uh, marvelous. The prairie is the classroom for us. At the University of Iowa, engagement means responsible stewardship of the natural environment as well. In the heart of Iowa's lakes region, you'll find the Iowa Lakeside Laboratory, a place to study nature in nature. One of the oldest field stations in the country, Lakeside Lab was established in 1909 by UI professor Thomas McBride. Thomas felt it was very important that uh, students get out of the classroom and study nature in nature. And he thought this would be the best place in the state to do that. He was attracted to this area because there's a concentration of many different diverse kinds of habitats within close proximity to one another. So it's a perfect place to teach about nature using the outdoors of the classroom. And that was Thomas McBride's inspiration. For almost a century, Lakeside Lab has given field-oriented summer courses. Lakeside is a joint effort between the University of Iowa, Iowa State University, and the University of Northern Iowa. Currently, the University of Iowa is administrative university, but all the universities contribute uh, financially and by sending faculty and students here uh, to Lakeside to take a part in the many opportunities we have here. At a nearby state park, Iowa State professor Tom Rosberg leads a field course on plant ecology. In all of my classes, a major component of the class is doing field projects that are real ecology projects. Seeing nature, observing nature firsthand, collecting data, learning from that rather than spending all your time learning from a textbook. Faculty and students alike appreciate the immersive learning environment of Lakeside's natural campus. It's nice to be like in the prairie and learn about it instead of just sitting in the classroom and looking at pictures of flowers or bringing in flowers. The prairie is the classroom for us. Professor Daryl Smith from the University of Northern Iowa is an expert on prairie ecology. Many people, when they look at a prairie, they see a bunch of weeds. And partially that's just because they don't understand the vegetation that they see there. I think the whole population should be informed about prairie because, for example, in Iowa, the state was 80% prairie but before it was settled. So there was a lot of prairie in Iowa. Ecologists like Dr. Smith see a connection between the transformed landscape and the historic floods of recent years. An inch of rain can fall on a prairie in an hour and it won't even reach the ground. And most of it will be picked up by the prairie vegetation and then infiltrate into the ground. So uh, that's missing now. And so all that water rushes into the stream and the flood levels go up. 
there's only like less than one-tenth of one percent of the original prairie remaining. And so I think everyone needs to know that because it's a part of our biological heritage. In addition to prairie and forest ecology, lakeside students can study aquatic life on West Okoboji Lake. It's an ideal place to learn about freshwater organisms like diatoms, single-celled algae found in nearly every aquatic habitat. Uh, they're ornamented on the surface, they're really quite beautiful under the microscope, uh, and they're important ecologically. There really are very few places in the world where students can study diatoms, and we have perhaps the best class in the world for doing that right here. In addition to ecology education, Lakeside has become a public resource for environmental health in the region. One really, really important way in which Lakeside Labs serves the local community here is generating scientific data about the quality of the water in all the lakes around here. We're very proud of our long-running lake monitoring program. It's, each year we collect the data, it's more valuable. In 2006, Lakeside was designated a Regents Resource Center for Northwest Iowa. It now provides education and enrichment for people of all ages. We can't underestimate the value of being immersed in the outdoors because you learn holistically. You're learning with all of your senses. It's, it's just a total learning experience and uh, marvelous. It is an awesome place to take classes. You have opportunity to learn by doing, being outdoors, experiencing. Uh, field biology firsthand. This is the kind of knowledge that we really need to go forward into the 21st century. We, we need to know how ecosystems function so that we can maintain the health of our planet and become more informed and better stewards. And that's the role that Lakeside Lab plays. To learn more, visit us online. Continue to learn.uiowa.edu forward slash Lakeside Lab. Coming up, Santos, the digital human. We want the total package and Santos is the total package. And Dance Marathon's record-breaking year. It was an emotional roller coaster. At the UI College of Engineering, strong partnerships with public, industry, and government support valuable research. This kind of cooperation drives innovative projects like Santos, a digital human model developed by the Virtual Soldier Research Team at the UI Center for Computer-Aided Design. Human modeling is not brand new. It's been around for a while, but a lot of the products tend to be cartoony. The, the way they look, um, I think, is insufficient. It just uh, doesn't look realistic. And one of our main tenants initially was we want the whole body. We want everything in one package. We don't want to just do the muscles. We don't want to just do vision. We want the total package and Santos is the total package. Santos is used to conduct human factors studies for applications like military, manufacturing, and sports. One of the things that's critical to what we're doing is prediction. The idea of the apple, when the apple fell and you know hit Newton, he didn't go around dropping every single apple. He said, well, what is that equation? What's, what's the mathematical model that makes this happen? So that's critical, the idea that we're predicting where the current state of the art is repeating data. Unlike other digital simulations, Santos can act intelligently, allowing VSR to study human performance in countless scenarios. What Santos allows you to do is actually interact with it before anything is built. So the human element is added to your designs before anything is actually made. So for example, if you design a motorcycle uh, on the computer, you can actually put Santos on it and see what a human would look like on the, on the computer without actually having built anything. 
With innovations like Santos, the VSR team at Iowa advances the art of human modeling through valuable research that could have widespread application. We brought on a lot of people from the gaming industry, professional game developers, computer scientists, and now they're taking, they're truly taking this research to the product level. One of the good things about Santos is that we don't want to make him so complex that he's out of reach of the regular, the regular Joe. We've, we've made it so that he runs on desktops. Um, he, he uses a lot of the latest gaming technology. Certainly somebody that's played Half-Life 2 uh, or a video game can use Santos. Producers could use it. Uh, people who design toasters could use it. Anything where there's going to be human interaction, um, you could use Santos. We could use this as a teaching tool. You hate science, you're, you're in high school, totally turned off, and here's Santos, and you're flying through his body to see what lights up and what's going on. That doesn't turn you on to science, nothing does. To learn more about Santos, visit digital-humans.org. At Iowa, student engagement both in and out of the classroom contributes to academic success. The UI is home to more than 400 student organizations, and one of the biggest is Dance Marathon. Dance Marathon works to support pediatric cancer patients and families receiving treatment at the University of Iowa Children's Hospital. You have college students who work 12 months out of the year to raise millions of dollars to help children and families who most of them have never met. Students not only run Dance Marathon, they're also responsible for the majority of fundraising. Every dancer to attend our event to get a ticket to come to the big event in February, they're required to raise $425. So if you multiply that by the 1,100 dancers or so who show up, that really starts to add up to a lot of money. In 2008, UI Dance Marathon raised over $1 million, a school record. 2008 was a unique year. We set some big records. We had the highest student attendance. We had over 1,100 students come to dance for the full 24 hours. So that was something that was a huge record for us. It was an emotional roller coaster. Dance Marathon culminates each February in the big event where students come to celebrate life and commemorate children's fight against cancer. We are one of the only dance marathons who has our families and our kids at the event. And so our dancers actually get to interact with them and play with the kids and like hear their stories and just, it's a more personal experience. Although the organization works year round, the big event is where Dance Marathon gets its name. You're, you're on your feet for 24 hours dancing or playing with little kids. And by the end of it, everybody's very tired and then we have our power hour. Think of going to any really great dance club and having just great music that's just blaring and blasting for an hour and everybody's just on their feet, dancing, going crazy. It gets a little smelly. We run around and just wear crazy costumes and make everybody happy and keep up the energy in the ballroom. And then we have our closing ceremonies in which we recognize that not all of our children make it. Dancing in Our Hearts is a moment during the event to remember the children who have lost their battle with cancer. Ashley Marsden. Keith Timosa. Chavez Johnson. Matthew French. Eric Shonoff. The night closes with a family speaker and a reminder that even after the dancing stops, the fight will go on. Now, this is not Dance Marathon 2008. It's not Dance Marathon 2009. This is the fight against cancer. 
The event was just one of my favorite memories of college and I will never ever forget it. Besides breaking records, Dance Marathon 2008 left a lasting impression on those involved. You, you think about the stigma of college students. These are students who, instead of going out, going and being social for 24 hours, stood on their feet to say, you're battling cancer. We, for 24 hours, are gonna step out of our comfort zone, and we are going to celebrate the fight that you have done. I think it's great that students dedicate a weekend, a full weekend, to dancing for that 24 hours. It's not easy by any means, and I think it's really great that friends are encouraging other friends to get involved. Being a part of this organization has been the highlight of my college career, and I wish I had done it since my freshman year, and I just love every single minute of it. 2009 will be the 15th year for Dance Marathon at Iowa. This student group hopes to make an even bigger impact for children and families facing the greatest challenge. I would just encourage anyone and everyone to get involved with this, or at least get involved on campus somehow, because every little bit helps, and if they want to just donate to a friend, they can absolutely do that. And, it, and it's all for a great cause, and it's fun, and it's like energetic, so I can easily say it's changed my life. We um, continue to increase our involvement and the number of families that we're benefiting. It's really exciting to see the new things that are coming up from the funds that we're raising and from the emotional support that we provide. I know Dance Marathon will continue to do and continue to grow and just become one of the great pieces of the University of Iowa. To learn how you can help, visit dancemarathon.org. Coming up, this old-fashioned service is the fast way to the game. It's a large train and it's all black and gold. You can't miss it. All aboard the Hawkeye Express. At the University of Iowa, public service is a core mission. Each fall, fans by the thousands save time and hassle by climbing aboard the Hawkeye Express. The Hawkeye Express is a throwback to the days when fans from all around took trains to Kinnick Stadium to see the Hawkeyes play. The idea for a new Hawkeye football train came from Mark Jennings, Associate Athletic Director at Iowa. About five years ago right now, we were uh, trying to figure out how we can help the traffic uh, problems we have around Kinnick Stadium and the parking problems that we have, lots of congestion. We uh, kept looking at that train track that ran right next to Kinnick Stadium and we wondered how we could utilize that. And I called Dan Saban told Dan what our idea was. He said, uh, is there any way you can figure out how to get a train to operate into Kinnick Stadium like in the old days? And I said, well, I'll leave it with me. I'll see what I can do. And in two weeks, he had a train for us. Leasing the ski train from Colorado, Saban and Jennings got the service going in 2004. After two successful seasons, they purchased their own commuter cars to move more people in less time. With the custom paint job, the Hawkeye Express was reborn. Well, it's really exciting uh, from the time of the first train when you get the security people and some of the tailgaters. It just creates kind of a, an atmosphere that I've never seen before. Very nostalgic experience, very unique. I, I don't know of another school in the country that has a situation quite like this where people can actually commute to the stadium on an actual train. And we get a lot of comments on the ease of going to an Iowa football game by parking out here and having that opportunity to, to use the train. This is ideal for our visiting fans. You can get to Kinnick Stadium hassle-free. 
With the Hawkeye Express more popular than ever, the train is a familiar sight come football season. My two sons are really in charge of the train now and, and they do a great job to make sure that everything is done in accordance with all the rules and, and uh, with a very safe operation. I'm pretty proud of the way the volunteers work so well together. We have people literally uh, uh, standing in line to be volunteers to work the Hawkeye Express. It's such a feel-good project. It gets cars off the road, it gets them out of the congested parking lots, and it's fun, unique. Everybody has been cooperative to work on this. Reducing traffic and providing a fast, efficient ride, the Hawkeye Express will continue to be a great part of game day atmosphere at Iowa. We really enjoy it. Uh, it. It's certainly not here to make money. It's certainly here to take care of traffic and uh, assist the university and the hospital in every way we can to reduce congestion. But we have a lot of fun with it too. It's just a unique experience that uh, I think everybody should try once. It jumps out and grabs you because it's a, it's a large train and it's all black and gold. You can't miss it. The preceding program was produced by the University of Iowa in association with the Big Ten Network.